Hey, he's host of the Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's talk about the Super Bowl Let's do it. with Ryan Leaf. Hey, Ryan, how's Hi, it going? Hi, Ryan. Morning, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So let me just ask you this. Uh, we're all familiar with your story to some degree. Maybe some of our listeners aren't. Is it is it possible for you to sit down and enjoy a Super Bowl, or is it still is it too bittersweet? Oh, God. I enjoy it immensely, yeah. Uh, I think for a while there it was a little toxic just because um, that was my mindset. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, know, you know, football gave me everything. So – uh, and it's a big part of my life now in terms of uh, what I do as an analyst, not only on SiriusXM Radio, but when I was working with ESPN a year ago and, and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to this Super Bowl. Uh, this will be the first year in six years, I think, that I haven't been at the Super Bowl venue going through uh, a radio row and, and the whole week's uh, hoopla leading into the big game. Did you, you know, look at it with what we're dealing with in athletes with COVID, do you think the NFL did it right with everything? You know, they pushed games a couple weeks here and there. But for the most part, man, I was pretty surprised they did 17 weeks. I was really surprised as well, but I can tell you this. They're a private company. Uh, These players are professionals. They're putting food on the tables for their families. This is an important factor. You know, you didn't have the age group of 18 to 22 where – you know, you're not being compensated. You're being asked to do something so other people can make money. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, I was I was surprised that they were able to get through it in the fashion that they did, but it, it makes a little more sense to me when you got leaders in the locker room like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and guys like that are, that are looking at you in the locker room saying, hey, you practice, you go home, uh, you come back to practice, we play a game, same thing. We do that week in and week out. And you can enjoy your off season when it comes, but this is what this is all about. And people listened. They did. They flat out listened, and they and they did a good job. Uh, other than a few couple hot spots here or there during the season, it looked like it was a pretty professional outfit running this year in the NFL. You know, you you do your podcast, uh, believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here in Big Ten country with Ohio State. Our commissioner got criticized. We hated how the Big Ten handled it. We were stop, go, stop, go. You guys in the Pac-12 even had it worse, and it cost it was your, just stop. Yeah, the commissioner, <laughs> it cost him his gig, Larry Scott, at the end. How did you think the Pac-12 handled everything? Oh, I thought they handled it as, uh, as good as anybody uh, in terms of waiting for daily testing. I, I, I am maybe uh, a voice out in the void in all this, but I, I don't – I think playing – College football this year during a worldwide pandemic was about as asinine as you can imagine. Uh, these young men were, uh, of course, they were going to play. That's all they wanted to do was play. They don't, they're not compensated. We don't know the long-term health effects to this disease. Um, I think it was just absolutely absurd, and it really shows the house of cards that college football sits upon, that if you were to tell them you could not play one season – everything crumbles. That is a, we got a real good look at the ugly side of college football this year and what it needs to profit off these young players who are not yeah. being compensated in any way. I really believe that. Yeah. And it was a, it was a big talking sure point was. during the season and including Justin Fields here locally. I mean, he really wanted to play. Yeah. And let me, let me ask you this, you know, we're here in Columbus, of course, if you could say something to uh Justin Fields, he's preparing for the draft, a rookie season coming up. What would you say to a young, uh, these young quarterbacks coming in that would help him? 
Well, I, I tell them all the time when I speak to them at the combine normally uh, about seeing themselves as a uh, CEO of a Fortune 500 company now. It is, it is a profession. It is a job. It's about the things that he did in college, I think, are representative of what he's going to have to do at the next level. And that was to change his nutrition. Uh, we saw that last year, how he packed on some extra pounds uh, differently in nutrition. Uh, you know, you got to see it as a business. You really do. And understand that you get to play a game and get paid lots of money to do so. I was one of, uh, I think, a few voices that, that thought it would have benefited Justin to come back for another year. I really do. With the limited amount of games, um, an opportunity to lead his team once again. But that game against Clemson in the national semifinal, that I think solidified in yeah, yeah. His, you know, his chance. Because the, the biggest games this year uh, leading into that game for him, he looked less than average, right, against Northwestern yeah. and against, yep. against Indiana. So for me, I kind of wanted to see more than just the low amount of games they played in. His decision to do it, I think it's best for him and his family. Um, and I don't think a team's going to pass on somebody like him and his talent. So he easily could be the second guy off the board, if not the third. Yeah, it's kind of a new NFL since uh, yeah. when you when you played. Now, I'm sure, do you talk to, because, uh, you know, if people know about your past, you've overcome a lot on and off the field. Do you talk to players about your past prescription drug, drug use? Is that something you embrace and talk to players about? Yeah, I mean, I travel the country and I speak to companies and I speak to uh, foundations and, and I speak to schools. And, you know, it's 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 very uh, present in my life because um, my mentors who have helped me the last nine years through this process, um, you know, when you find this peace and this serenity of sorts, um, the only way for you to keep it is to give it away, period. That's just how it works. If you're not able to give it away to somebody who may uh, encounter something similar or is or struggling at the time, then it it benefits you not one bit if you just hold on to that uh, for your own self-interest. And so, yeah, you know, of course, that's the story I tell them. Sure. um, Because, because, you know, if if, if we go back to where they are right now, like, you know, where Justin Fields is right now was exactly where I was 22 years ago. Exactly possibly the first or second pick in the NFL draft at the quarterback position, Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, you know, played for a national championship. I was exactly him. I never thought that my life would fall off a cliff and I would become a drug addict and, and go to prison. Yeah. None, of that stuff is, none of that stuff is real. In no way in hell does, does Justin Fields think that's going to be something, or did I? So uh, it's important, to, if, if anything, to put it in the back of their brains that if they encounter something similar – they know that there's a solution, that they know there's a way out where you don't have to go to the bottom like I did. And that's that's the big reason why I continue to tell my story, and that's why I'm so public about it. And usually with an athlete, when we think of uh, an addiction, it's alcohol, it's cocaine. But with the opioid pandemic that we suffer through in this state, I mean, that for you, it's quick, isn't it? It was a pain pill, uh, prescription for an injury, and then like, what three four months later you were in jail well no 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 this was a this was an eight-year process so oh, i thought uh, i heard you on dan patrick say it was that quick once you got into the pills it was boom no 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 this was oh i apologize this was so, this was so ongoing this is it, it can be that quick you know it can be a, a, a five-day cycle where you become uh dependent on it 
But uh, for me, it was, you know, it was first showing this, this drug, but I had some surgeries in college. I never truly started abusing them until my career was over because I was in so much emotional pain, mm-hmm. right? I, I felt like a, I felt like a failure. Uh, people told me over and over that I was a failure and I believed them for some reason, you know, uh, there's been 27,000 NFL football players ever in the hundred years of football. How could somebody who played for five years, uh, be a failure? Yeah. And I believed, I believed that so much and mm. it carried with me and I, and I allowed that to affect me in such a way that I, I needed a way to not feel. And what worked for me when I had 15 surgeries and, and injuries it was this painkiller. It's exactly what it's called, right? It kills pain regardless of what it is, whether it's physical or in this case, emotional for me. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was clinically depressed. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't seek help. Um, I just self, I just self-medicated. Scary. And ultimately, you know, you're, you're in a position where, uh, where a lot of people in your state are. I spoke in Dayton a while back. Um, and the woman that had me come out uh, and speak to her community has had three, family members, nephews, uh, all overdose and die because of this, this disease. And mm-hmm. it is, you are exactly right. It's, it's as deadly as the coronavirus and has to be, uh, you know, looked upon as such. And that's the hope for what, what we're trying to do. And we're going to continue to try to do it in times of need. And that's right now. Yeah. And the numbers are going up with the coronavirus. I think people get more depressed during this and go through the cycle. Yeah, It's going to be a tough yeah. few months here. He's the host of the believe in the pac 12 podcast on the believe podcast network. You know, you're kind of the same age of Tom Brady and he goes to Tampa. They weren't successful. And you think, well, the luck's got to run out at some point. And the guy, I mean, Ryan, this guy is, he's the greatest of all time. He's got weapons all around him. Even the fifth round pick from Minnesota is a damn good player. He brings back Gronk. It's it's unexplainable how Tom Brady can do this. He had one of his best years. He's like 43 years old. Yeah, it's really impressive. He has established himself firmly in the number one position of greatest quarterback of all time. But I would I would go further and say he's just, he's the greatest professional football player of all time at any position. Just his ability to do exactly what I said a little bit earlier about making yourself the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah, he's about nutrition, appliability, mobility. Yeah, yeah. And the best thing, the best thing about Tom Brady is every offseason, even offseasons after he'd won another Super Bowl, he'd go to his quarter, quarterback coach and they would find something critical to work on. He was always trying to get better. And I will say that year, in year you know, 21 of his career, he is a better quarterback <laughs> than he was in any other year that he has been because he has the focus and the wherewithal to be self-critical and try to improve every offseason. I, I look back at my time, and I just thought I was a great quarterback. Therefore, when I stepped on the field, I would be a great quarterback. Once you get to the NFL, everybody's talented. Everybody who gets there is just as talented as you. It's what you do with it from that point, and that's why he's been such a success. And I'll watch this guy till he's 50, I swear I will. Well, they're, they're coronating uh, Mahomes already. Give us your take on him. Is it too early for all of this Hall of Fame talk, or is what you see, given your experience, uh, is this all spot on? Well, I, I mean, what we've seen, it, it looks like, if he's able to continue this for you know, 13, 14, 15 right. years, you know, then, and, and I know how everybody is impulsive to anoint the next up and coming, um, you know, but look at it. You know, Tom Brady has played in 19 seasons, right? He didn't, he didn't play his rookie year. He missed an entire year with an ACL injury. 
He's played 19 years as a starting quarterback. He's gone to the Super Bowl 10 out of those 19 years. Half, over half of his career, he's played for a championship at the end of the season. If we're talking about Patrick Mahomes in the same vein, you know, five, six, seven years from now, then, then you can anoint that. But, I mean, Tom Brady's mantle is safe and sound for a very long time. I agree. Hey, hey Ryan, so this is how I kind of yeah. judge big games. I look at when at, at some point a team's going to need to make a stop. So on one side you got Tampa, and I love how their defensive backs have played ultra-aggressive in the playoffs. They got a pass rush. You go on the other side with Kansas City with Frank Clark and Chris Jones, uh, you know, Honey Badger, they can make a stop. When the game's on the line, though, which defense do you think can come through and make that stop to win a game? game well i would have to say the matchup at the the defensive line of the bucks and the offensive line of the chiefs simply because they are down two of their best players on the on the edges in in mitchell schwartz and eric fisher both down right and left tackles uh protecting uh patrick mahomes and and you've got shaq barrett and nadama and sue and and jpp uh coming after the quarterback um they're flying around a little bit more I feel like if they if they had to get one stop, uh, there would be an advantage there. But it's all going to be about Bruce Arians and his willingness to be uncomfortable doing things out of the ordinary because this Kansas City Chiefs team is just, in all my years of watching and, and then playing in the NFL, I've never seen a team more efficient and effective than they are on offense. Yeah. And the only way to beat them is to do some things that make you uncomfortable, and that's going for it on fourth down in your own territory, fake punts, onside kicks, things where you can steal possession. That's how you end up beating this Chiefs team. And Bruce Arians is that guy where Sean McDermott and Kevin Stefanski, they weren't. They thought we were good enough to be here. We can beat them straight up in a, ga- in a, in a straight-up game plan. And you can't. You can't beat the Chiefs that way. So look for some or- unorthodox stuff from Bruce Arians and this Bucks team, and I think that's the only way they can stay in this game and have a chance to win it. How do you think Stafford's going to work out in L.A.? I think he'll do really well. Sean yeah, Bay is, he's is, good. is really inventive. Um, you know, but I don't. I, you know, I don't know how much how much more improved they are. They were a force in the NFC for the last three years. This year, they were really uh, a busted uh, defense against Aaron Rodgers late in the game, away from pulling an upset in Lambeau and having the Bucks for uh, for a for a, a, a NFC NFC championship. So. You know, they're they're close as there is. They're gonna be an NFC, you know, one of the front runners. Uh, you know, but I it's it just makes me laugh to think you could be a quarterback that takes your team to a Super Bowl two years previous or in fact yeah. last year, Jimmy Garoppolo and and everybody's calling for your head. I'm like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady have set the standard and the expectations so high right. the donors believe that they have to go get somebody like that every single time. Well, we'll be listening to the uh, Believe in the Pac-12 podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for the time, man. We really appreciate it, Ryan. So nice. Thank you. You bet. You guys have a wonderful Super Bowl weekend. All, All right. right so care. long.